Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 Wow, it's the show. And the name of that show is... Holy shit. Yep. The year. Holy shit. The year. Welcome holy to Holy Shit the Year, yep. the show where we learn that years happen and are shocked by this because all of us missed the days in school where the basics of linear time were explained. I thought it was a flat circle because my entire education was a single episode of the first season of True Detective. Mm-hmm. And what an episode um, it was. It was a great education. What a it taught long me most of time, <laughs> long time to wait yeah. until you can get educated slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it... it, it <laughs> Like it seven was, years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, it was not long ago, Cody. I was in my mid-20s. Yeah. Real real indictment of the American mm-hmm. education system. But I did learn to read. Unfortunately, all you. I can read is cans of Lone Star. Um, mm-hmm. but that's right. That's this really been sponsor. most of what I've needed. <laughs> oh, and it, I, w- I would be sponsored by Lone Star, except for as a Texan, I know that Lone Star is the trash Texas beer mm-hmm. and the quality, which doesn't mean I won't drink it, but... Shiner you're not going to advertise for it. I will. No, I'll principles. advertise for it. I'll advertise. <laughs> I do not. I have no principles um, whatsoever. Um, I mean, the only principle we stick to is no brain pills or baldness cures. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's a, that one's hard and fast. I I will go for a non joke one and say no diet culture ads, please. Thank you. Ooh. Turn that down out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting in trouble with that. Beautiful mistake made this week. Um, oh, really? Okay. Uh, you know who else is getting in trouble this week internationally Ooh. is Nations? the Israeli government mm. for carrying out an ethnic cleansing. There we go. In Gaza and East Jerusalem and the West Bank. I'm told they have the that right, though. They have the right to uh, ethnic Defend themselves. Yes. So, yes, to defend themselves. <laughs> it's it's like From when I... From the rockets I, that can't reach their city. Yeah. When I crash my lifted FJ cruiser through the gates of my neighbor's house and start firing a rifle uh, into the side of his trailer, if he comes out and throws a rock at me, I have the right to defend myself. That's mm-hmm. an assault upon my person. Um, what I was doing prior to that assault is, I would argue, immaterial. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's not that is, uh, a form of violence. Uh, more or less the argument Israel's making. <laughs> I, I accept that, no questions asked. Um, and it's, it's one of those things. I think probably before we get into the nitty gritty, we, we can have like a little bigger picture talk about the overall morality of, of the situation um, on both sides. And, and by saying both sides, I'm not saying, I'm not making a both sides argument. But it's I'm not saying, both sides, no. right, right. Um, because the, the, the death toll is very, I mean, we, we can just, we have a little graphic here where we can go over kind of what the death toll's been in the operation since 2008. Uh, operation Cast Lead, which lasted 23 days, 1,440 Palestinians killed, 5,300 injured, 47,000 house, houses destroyed or demolished, uh, 13 Israelis killed, 518 injured. 
In 2012, uh, Operation Pillar of Defense, 167 Palestinians killed, six Israelis killed, 1,000 Palestinians injured, 239 Israelis injured, 126 houses destroyed or demolished. And in 2014, 2,100 Palestinians killed, 73 Israelis killed. This is Operation Protective Edge, which lasted 50 days, 11,000 Palestinians injured to 720 Israelis injured, and 20,000 houses destroyed or demolished. So... Well, there like it's it's like saying saying violent there's violence on both sides is like saying like somebody starts firing into your yard and you throw a rock at him. There is violence on both sides. That is a fact. It's mm. violent to throw a rock. It's violent to fire blindly into someone's house. But the um it's the also violence violent is to, not you know, proportional. <laughs> kick people out of their houses. Yes, absolutely. It's violent to uh continue to do that. Um yeah, it's um the disparity is uh very obvious staggering and um yeah um and even considering like all the the, you know the defense systems that uh are in place to keep that number um so low uh compared to so many things that um they don't even have in gaza like just the the electricity alone um and what they've been prevented from having what they've been prevented from yeah i mean exactly exactly subjugation you know yeah, there's a reason it's uh, often referred to as an open-air prison. Yeah. One of the things that I think is most telling to me just about the the level of oppression Palestinians live under in, in Israel in general. Um, Ramallah in the West Bank has more rainfall annually than London. Uh, London gets 596 millimeters of rain per year. Uh, Ramallah gets 619 millimeters of rain per year. But Palestinians have virtually no access to clean water, some of the worst water quality in the planet, because it's taken from them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they aren't allowed to build up any kind of meaningful infrastructure because, I don't know, watch three minutes of bombing footage, and that will explain to you why they don't have... That will will explain part of why there's not adequate water infrastructure. Um, So, and that's one of the things, like, I think too often, even, even people who are on the kind of on the side of Palestinians when they talk about the violence will be like, well, these rockets don't compare to the kind of weaponry that Israel has and the death tolls don't compare. But you're right, Cody, the the violence goes so far beyond just Hamas firing rockets, Israel firing missiles. It's it's a a pattern of behavior designed to slowly eliminate Mm -hmm. the Palestinian population. Um, And most of that does not involve ordinance. Ordinance is one aspect and kind of only on the edge of things. The majority of what the majority of the ethnic cleansing the Israeli state I- enters into um, is logistical. Yeah. 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 Um, so, what kind of violence does that justify from Palestinians in response? Um, I don't know. I don't have a, a hard and fast answer for you. But if if I'm if I'm in the same situation, watching my friends and family die. Um, starve, lack, have you know, no access to COVID medication, no access to vaccinations, barely any access to testing, no clean water, not enough food, um, no opportunities for the future. Would I feel justified in firing rockets at the people doing that? Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and people yeah, are also absolutely. like, yeah. oh, sorry. I, I think everybody listening to this show or our other shows know that I've been preoccupied with a lot of family stuff. So I am going to let you guys take lead, but I want to ask some questions, and I do have. I have been following. It's awful. But I, I, I want talk to me about Hamas and the relationship with Palestine and Palestinians, you know, because they, that's complicated part of this as well. Yeah. So the the gist and I'm, I'm hoping this is uh, please don't no one take this as anything but like the mo- the broadest overview. And I, yeah. I've, che- I've checked in, checked my understanding of this with a with a Palestinian <laughs> Um, colleague, just to kind of make sure I Good. didn't have it completely wrong. Um, in the beginning, sort of, of the Israeli state coming into being and the Palestinian resistance to that, um, there was kind of a, a a secular and more left-wing resistance to the occupation, and there was a more religious hardliner mm-hmm. resistance to the occupation. And for most of the history of the occupation, the secular and more left-wing, which has kind of been embodied by um, the PLO, the Fatah Party, um, Yasser Arafat was kind of one of the... Mm-hmm. And they, were, they had a, a number of the... And these were, there were different groups, and they kind of were on a scale. So a lot of them were more Marxist in kind of their beliefs, or at least kind of more sympathetic to that. Um, but that was kind of the dominant chunk of the resistance. And that mm-hmm. really, the Israelis saw that as, a, the Israeli government saw that as a problem, in part because 
number one, there were leftist elements of Israeli uh, uh, culture, of Israeli mm-hmm. politics that could be more sympathetic with what the Palestinians were. And we'd be like, well, we don't, we're, we're actually kind of agree with a lot of things. There's ways we can, can come to an accord. And internationally, it gave the Palestinians mm-hmm. a lot more um, sympathy where I mean, you can one of the places you can see that is kind of th- this very long history of um, of deep solidarity between the Irish, which have a strong Marxist resist, and not not always not socialist might be a better way to claim it, although a lot of those were Marxist, but like a strong left wing uh, anti colonial militant tradition and a strong tradition of of, of sympathy and, and even uh, like shared training with Palestinian resistance movements, and so in like I think it was like the 60s, 70s. Um, the Israeli government started funding, like giving money to the groups that became Hamas, funding the religious hardliner segments of the resistance. I did as, not know yes, that. Yeah. And some of the, there's a good Intercept article by um, uh, Mehdi Hassan where he, he quotes sources within the Israeli government saying, We're, we founded Hamas, we made them happen. And <laughs> the person I was talking to, the Palestinian, was like, that's, that's you know, in, in kind of a, a fashion she kind of expected from those from from Israeli government sources, taking it too far. But it mm-hmm. is true that they were doing what the British would do, what all colonial powers do, right? Mm-hmm. You have a population, you don't want them united in resistance, mm-hmm. you foment divisions, you fund whichever side is kind of more controllable. Um, now, Hamas, and that's, again, I'm not also not trying to be like, I, I don't like Hamas, but I'm not trying to, uh, to, oh, to say like they're a puppet or anything, because I don't think they are, but... There was definitely a goal to support them over what were kind of seen as the more internationally sympathetic chunks of the Palestinian resistance by the Israeli government. Um, Hamas has a militant and a political wing. And since 2006, they have taken control of public services um, and ministries in Gaza. They were initially elected. They have not been reelected since because... As it was described to me, the Palestinian political system has been frozen in place since 2006. They have not been able to elect any of their leadership since. Um, so they control a lot of social. They're 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 like Hezbollah in a way, and that like Hezbollah over in Lebanon is a is a militant group, a militia, a terrorist group. They do all that stuff. They also run hospitals and schools and stuff. And that's because if you're trying to do the kind of shit that Hezbollah is doing, trying to do the kind of shit Hamas is doing. One of the things that gets the people on your side is you provide them with social services. And some of that is cold-blooded realpolitik. Some of it is, well, we live here and these are our family members. And like mm-hmm. it's not I, I'm I'm really not trying to like be overly simplifying. No, it's any of this. it's just yeah. it's very broad. There's lots of aspects to mm-hmm. this about what this relationship is uh between Hamas and Palestinians. Yeah. Uh, but it does all tie back to what this oppression has been like for so long. And yeah. I think that this is an element. I bring this up mostly because I feel like it's missing from a lot of the conversations about this. Um, just a little bit more of insight about what's been happening and, and how it got mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And if you look at um, even just sort of the Palestinian like opinion of Hamas and their support of of various attacks and things like that, it can be relatively low. But then you have an instance where um, so we we referenced the deadliest numbers from Operation Protective Edge 2014. Mm-hmm. Support for Hamas was declining at a certain point, And then this thing happened in 2014 and uh, mm-hmm. support for them grew. Mm-hmm. And that probably has something to do with the fact that you're living in this place and you have this bloody conflict. And who is the only entity that's like protecting you in any sort of way? Yeah, right. Like it, it makes sense that you would there would be growing support for what you might see as like literally the only thing between you and death, right? The only um, option. Yeah, it's like if I am firing blindly into the side of my neighbor's house after driving my FJ cruiser through their fence mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. their neighbor, a convicted sex offender, runs over with body armor to give them to protect them from my blind fire. They may not like that neighbor, but in the moment he's offering them the only kind of assistance they're going to get because I've cut their phone lines. Yeah, yeah, if that makes um, sense. Yeah, it's it's hard to like. Don't want to like simplify it too much, but like, li- no. like if you if you take if you take the situation and remove it from any sort of like context that we know or emotional feelings or anything like that, and you rename them, mm-hmm. uh, you rename every like each faction, and you just look at it and the disparity going on and the situation being dealt with, it's be- it seems much simpler. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I just think ethnic cleansing is bad. I yeah. I I, I I too think ethnic cleansing is bad. And I, I do think 
one of the things that gets talked a lot about this is um, the complexity of the situation, which you just touched on a little. And um, I, we have an episode of Behind the Bastards coming out that touches on this a little bit next week. But kind of one of the conversations I was having there is I think there's two sides of the this is such a complex issue thing. There's the kind of bad faith actor side, which is this is uh, which is basically like if you and I, I this is one reason I hadn't covered it more is that times when I would speak up. I would get screamed at by like all these squads of Israelis and stuff online who would who would point out things that like I just hadn't prepared for things I didn't know and be like, well, what yeah. about this? What about this? And it's like, well, I don't know. I don't I'm not in, enmeshed in the politics of the region. Um, and it's the same thing like you'll see when you talk about Rojava with Turkish uh, folks on the Internet. I'm just better versed in that situation. And that's one of those things that if you're if you're well-meaning, um, but you're not well-versed in the situation coming into this, you can get overwhelmed with all of these counter-arguments that are based on data you don't have at your hand, Mm -hmm. and that can make you not reticent to weigh in on the topic. The bad faith actor side of this is people who don't want anyone to talk about it and argue like, well, you shouldn't talk about it if you don't understand, and then they'll list all of these different historical things that you don't need to understand to know ethnic cleansing going on bad, right? Which is what you need to know right now. Um, it's true, it is an incredibly complicated conflict in terms of the history, in terms of all of the different groups involved, the politics, even just just the matter of Zionism, right? Yes. Um, and all of the different strains of Zionism that contributed to Israel, and the fact that prior to, one of the things I didn't know until very recently is that there was a, a meaningful, obviously not dominant chunk of Zionism uh, prior to the establishment of the State of Israel um, that was anti-state, um, the, the Jewish labor boond. Um, I believe they were called, and they were very much spoke out during the Nakba, spoke out against the ethnic cleansing, said, this is only going to come back on us, like, this is going to lead to more violence. This could, de- this will destroy us if we keep doing this. We're just going to wind up doing to Palestinians what was done to us in other parts of the world, um, and that kind of that kind of evil will come back on us. I think one of the quotes was, um, your state will destroy our nation. Um, mm. So there was there there was even within kind of the Zionist movement because and I think this is one of the things Zionist movement generally we translate that as Jewish people who believe they should return to Israel and have a state in Israel. There was a chunk of it where it was more of a a spiritual thing. I think mm-hmm. Jewish people should move to and, and live in Israel, but we don't need to have a state. I think we just have a right to to also live in the land of our ancestors. And there were a number prior to the establishment of Israel of of Palestinian. Uh, citizens, prominent citizens who were supportive of that. In fact, the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, which was the first college, you know, it predates Israel, but it was the first college in Israel, was established with a grant from a Palestinian family um, who were supportive of the idea of like, of course, come back here. Like, mm-hmm. as yeah. A, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, not, but once you start uh, making yeah. it like, I mean, an ethno state, what's the conclusion of that? Like, what is what are the, what, what does that lead to? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's, yeah. Um, it's, um, that sort of thing, sh- I feel like, should be more obvious. Yeah. Um, but it's not. And while all of that is incredible, there's a complex history of how we got here and what's happening. But this, but again, what we're seeing right now is also quite simple. Yeah. You know, and how did this conflict start? Well, by the forced eviction of hundreds of Palestinians from their home. That's yeah, how this in, started. Uh, Sheikh Ish. Shara. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's this most recent. That was that this most and, recent. In, I think it yes. was a. My understanding is it was a mix of that, the evictions in Sheikh Jarrah, and a a right wing nationalist mm-hmm. um, Israeli march on the Al Aqsa March. Yes, it was kind of yes. both of those things, but also pointedly, that, you know, yeah. yes, yeah, but with a purpose. And this, you know, yeah. the results of what's happening are not unexpected from those choices. No, from those mm-hmm. actions, you know. So we know what's happening. We see it. This is, you know, the culmination of a lot of complexity, but also very simply uh, a purposeful action from the Israeli government. Yeah. It, I mean, what's happening is, I, I think, very intentional. I think the people who I think there were a lot of people involved in the Israeli government um, and involved in different sort of also s- civilian kind of militant Zionist organizations who knew that this would provoke um more violence, which would bring more Hamas rockets, which would justify a vastly mm-hmm. um, greater Israeli military commitment, which would further, it would kill more Palestinians, it would force more of them to leave Gaza, it would make it less inhabitable, it would further 
you know, the ethnic cleansing that's yeah. been going on since 48 um, or yeah. earlier. I mean, you can you can even trace it back and, earlier with and we would groups. allow it. Yeah. And we would allow and, it because we always will. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, well, we all no. I mean, <laughs> well, it, we, I mean, it is important to note we haven't always been Israel's main military backer. Um, the Soviet Union actually mm. contributed a hell of a lot to the establishment of Israel in 48. And although they stopped supporting them pretty quickly, it was the French for like 20 something years after that who sold them the advanced weapon systems. We didn't really start giving a lot of, of gun shit to Israel until like the late 60s. And then after Nixon left office under Gerald Ford froze because of uh, Israel did a bunch of illegal shit. Uh, Ford froze, uh, temporarily froze military um, exports to Israel. Um, and that is what led to, because this is this was happening when Netanyahu was starting to get prominent and was like starting to work as a, essentially a PR man for the um, Israeli embassy. Um, that really led to a, a, a dedicated policy from the Israeli government of building sympathy with american civilians to make it a to make it politically impossible to freeze military aid to israel um and it's been extremely successful they're they're the pr wing of of the israeli government whatever you want to call them is exceptional at what they do um yeah yeah they're really good at they're really good at posting um. yeah they're great posters <laughs> some good memes this week mm-hmm. uh the interesting uh who noted this recently they they're very good at posting um uh about uh how much they fear for their uh for their lives and things and um in english and um and posting uh about that kind of thing and then whenever they post in arabic it's uh sort of mocking the 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 destruction Mm -hmm. that they that they engage in like that one Um, what did that meme say i never looked it up of the there's a before after yeah yeah um, the blowing up of the building with the Al Jazeera. Yeah, and now we have, um, you know, even now uh, there's, I think there's more uh, resistance to this and like our relationship um, and support of what's going on. But um, you have even now like uh, Biden eventually uh, calling for a ceasefire, but uh, the specifics or of it. not even calling, supporting it. Supporting like it. On a call with. With Netanyahu. He's saying it sure he, would be nice if everyone stopped shooting yeah. at each other, but like, I will take no... Well, right. Do you he also you clarif- have it in your heart? Yeah. Because <laughs> they it was, the clarification is that uh, supporting a ceasefire if both parties are open to it. Yes. Which and is like not... Vetoing the UN resolution. worth considering if you if you actually believe in, in stopping yeah. violence. Uh, like, I think the violence should stop if both of them... If, if everybody wants it to... Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there are old quotes of him talking about how, if, uh, if, if Israel didn't exist, we'd have to invent Israel, uh, for our interests. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and it's one of the angles of this propaganda campaign is this, cause you, you'll see a lot of like, uh, gay, gay Palestinians will like speak up against what's happening and people will be like, well, if you were in the state that Palestinians want, you know, you'd be executed for being gay. And the, the idea and the, the kind of corollary to that is, well, Israel's much more, uh, you know, is, is just like a normal Western country in this. Gay marriage is illegal in Israel. Yes. Um, uh, they they, reckon, recognize, they, they, they yes. recognize it if you get married outside of Israel. Um, but you but cannot not get legal. married yeah. there. Um, um, and I'll also note, given how progressive a huge chunk of the Palestinian uh, liberation movement was, uh, had there not been all of these years of of violence and this uh, free feeding frenzy for the religious right among the Palestinians, perhaps that situation would be would be doing better. Um, it certainly we, hasn't been helped by what Israel's done. We have to take a quick break. I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know yes, who suppose. also recognizes gay marriage? Whoever. Product Lone Star Beer. Lone Star <laughs> Beer. Well, if. Yeah, we say Shinerbach. Shinerbach, I think, is pretty woke. Okay. Um, Shinerbach, uh, gay as hell. That's that's <laughs> their motto. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Ah, we're back. We sure uh, are. We're back. Good. And I'm drinking my favorite Queer beverage, lemon lime twist, Zevia. Delightful. Ooh, refreshing. One of the best ah. flavors, I think. Oh, it's so good. Just had a nice long run with the dog I'm fostering, and um, it really hits the spot. Really, a nice little po- soda pop to rehydrate mm-hmm, yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tried to give some to the dog, but he's a dog and doesn't understand soda. Mm-hmm. And not not good, not good for dogs, but it's a good choice. <laughs> I think Stevie is good for everything, Katie. I don't know. Where have you read that? Um, in stevia, did you did you write I'll that down you, and then read it? Advocates Monthly, yes. It's uh-huh. terrible for my digestion. Whenever I eat something with like fake sugar, Oof. oh, anyway. but this isn't fake. It's it's real. It's fake a plant. Sugar. It's, it's a plant. Fake. I know. Exactly. It's, it's plant. sweet. It's sweet enough. That's Maybe all you I need. I can give stevia another chance. Anyway, enough about that. Enough about that. Enough More about that. About other things. <laughs> Awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's going to continue. And uh, I mean, they uh, leveled they level a hospital earlier. Um, oh yeah, they killed the yeah. the head of Palestine's um, COVID nineteen response, uh, decorated yeah. neurosurgeon, and his entire family in an airstrike. Awful. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's just a lot of um. And they blocked the road with an airstrike. They blocked the road to the hospital with an airstrike first, um, which some might call purposefully targeting. Medical, just a lot of war, sure war crimey, uh, war, war crimes, war crimey, war crimey, crime esque, war crime esque, crime esque. We're having yeah. it's in the ballpark, uh, in the ballpark. They're having hospitals, uh, the press, apartment buildings. Yeah, it sure seems yeah. like um, not targeted at Hamas, but at the civilians. And it's just the same old sort of like people. approach because like you get like okay. um like the, I mean, the human shield thing is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. First of all, like is, Israel uses uh, human shields as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it is one of those questions where it's like, okay, so you you're saying it's it's you Israel are saying that you can strike these civilian targets because military targets are embedded them. Well, your entire civilian population are are basically veterans uh, or active service and can be called up to serve. Does that not make every civilian target in Israel also a military target? Mm-hmm. Um, if that's that's not the argument I would make, because I don't think it's good to strike civilians. But yeah. if we're if we're judging Israel Israel by the same standards they're judging Palestine, um, then yeah, what Hamas is doing is is just fine. Is Jim Dandy by right. the standards Israel's using in their own strikes? Um, yeah, it's very frustrating to see that um, mm-hmm. the sort of just 
justification like that and just sort of like waving, you know, it, it's even like progressed like, okay, well, it's human shields. Well, they know they're human shields. Therefore, like, it's like, it's okay. Maybe they're like, maybe they're asking for it. Maybe they're doing it on purpose. And it's just like this, it's just a bizarre, uh, disgusting way to talk about civilian casualties when also it's, it's like, um, personally, I would say don't shoot the human shield. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a thought. <laughs> I, I um, would say, you know, one of the things about having um, the uh, the Iron Dome and having incredibly advanced first class military hardware and doctrine is that maybe you should be able to protect your population without massively leveling an entire city. Like if Israel's response to all these rockets was to hunker down and defend their population and then maybe blockade roads afterwards and stuff, uh, and they weren't launching missiles, it would, they would have a lot more sympathy. Yes, Then they it would be would. like, oh, look, only one side's firing rockets. We're just using our... That's not what they would ever do. Right. Um, no, they want them to fire rockets. Yeah. They want yeah. them to fire the rockets so they have a reason to disproportionately react. Yeah, it's massive retaliation. Um, you know, and it's... Uh, the whole situation is just... It's very Fact. frustrating. Um, it's very frustrating, and like, I've been thinking a lot about how effective Israeli propaganda has been in the United States mm -hmm. because I was subject to a huge amount of it when I was a kid. Um, I, I can remember in school learning about the 1973 Yom Kippur War, which was it was kind of it was it was it was framed as the same thing as like the 1948 war. All of these Arab nations simultaneously invaded Israel. And we're going to wipe it out and kill everybody. And they, through sheer stick to and gumption and uh, courage, managed to fight off, you know, against incredible odds. And I recently watched a really good documentary on Al Jazeera called The October War um, that is very even-handed, talks to a number of veterans on both sides, and for the very first time realized, like, oh, they didn't win that one. Like, that wasn't a victory yeah. for Israel. Egypt actually... Like they, I mean, the Syrians definitely lost, but Egypt kind of won. They took land back. They they defeated Israeli forces in the field and fought them to a standstill elsewhere. Um, and it was, it's just, I, and I, you know, I had I had come around to the Palestinian side of things before, but I still had never never thought to re-examine the basics of even what I learned about military history in that region, mm -hmm. um, because all like. And I, I think one of the reasons, one of the things the Israelis have done that's very smart when it comes to propagandizing to Americans is they focused on the military dimension of things. Because if you if you just are paying attention to the active fighting, um, you kind it's hard not to be sympathetic to the Israelis because they have a fascinating military with really interesting doctrine that has been very successful for interesting reasons. And they may like it's what if you're a military history nerd, e even without thinking about like why the fighting is happening, right and wrong, it's easy to just kind of tunnel into learning about the strategies and the different things these special forces units have done and like how they were able to so successfully destroy the Egyptian uh, uh, and Syria, I think it was Egyptian and Syrian air forces during the Six Day War. All that you can you can nerd out over all that stuff and kind of without thinking wind up um, sympathetic to Israel without ever considering what also happened, what happened in between the wars, uh, why the wars were being fought, the degree to which things like the years of attrition um, and all these kind of like insurgent campaigns the Israelis waged against their neighbors like fed into it. Um, and it's it's very smart because Americans see uh, soldiers who look like our soldiers um, and cool military shit. And a lot of us won't think about anything beyond that, even though if you were to strip what's happening in Palestine uh, of its of its of its locational context and just describe the fight to the average dude living out in the sticks, they would be sympathetic to the Palestinians because mm -hmm. They're the they're the they're the underdogs. They're the people just being oppressed. Just look at the map. Yeah, just look just at, the, look at map. the map over yeah. decades and decades. Mm -hmm. Do you but, think a two state yeah. solution is even possible? Jesus, I don't. I mean, I, I think <laughs> is that this, too big of a question. I, 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 I think the existence of states is a big part of the problem yeah, here. Sure, sure. Right. Um, but like, how does well, this... two states would just make an official war between the two yeah. states, yeah. right? They would just cause more. Um, like it, this, the, this idea of states is like part of, part of the problem. Um, 
And uh, I'm not going to say, like, I know how to solve it. Um, right. But yeah, that's, that's, that's very... not... Yeah, that's just not a thing that I think is... Um, it it, it, know, exas- it exacerbates the issue, in yeah, my opinion. In that way uh, of thinking about it. I, if um, I'm... If I'm being asked, like, what I think could improve the situation, some of it would be an end to the legal justifications for apartheid. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of Palestinians who are Israeli citizens. They do not have the same rights as Jewish Israeli citizens. Change that. Um, Give Palestinian citizens the right of return um, to the communities they were kicked out of. Make it illegal to have these villages and other communities that are are Jewish only. And there's a bunch of them in Palestine, often in villages that were Palestinian villages taken over during the Nakba. Um, so I know like and obviously that wouldn't solve everything. That wouldn't maybe not solve anything, anything but I think but... just from from a basic stance of what's the right thing to do, um, well, stop n- number one, stop selling weapons to Israel. Mm-hmm. They've got enough weapons. Mm-hmm. Um and number two, make it like kvetch the, at them as an international community until they actually give Palestinians equal rights under the law um, and see where that goes. It, so it seems like, like a good place step to start. One, step one, no apartheid anymore. Yeah, I would I mean? say yeah. in the end apartheid, like it is, I don't know how to solve the whole problem, but ending apartheid and not no longer giving who are what is already a first class military power, tens of billions of dollars in military aid, those two things seem pretty simple and doable. Um, and then we can kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think uh, I just, sort of like, yeah. you, you have all these, you know, this such a, a long, old uh, conflict and such a, such a history. And uh, to sort of uh, s- try to solve it by doing the same old kind of thing uh seems like not very helpful and um you know uh ultimately uh the borders we make are meaningless um and uh the way to move forward is to uh become closer together um and not to Every- be crass fuck each other and like live yeah. your lives and just like you know yes. generationally Which, every generation change. by the every way gener- the israeli yeah. government heavily restrict uh, heavily like it, it, miscegenation is like legally discouraged basically right exactly um, like, and yeah. like the like yeah. you if you like you know every generation gets uh closer together and more accepting and it, all these sort of con- like the history and the conflicts melt will melt away as opposed to being like well now it's now you got you got your country you got yours everything's yeah. fine uh yeah. it's it's just yeah. like building a wall between uh something and then it gets worse and worse and worse over yeah years. everybody's gonna get mad at me for asking that question but it is the thing that people keep talking about and i love yeah i love this conversation and where it's going well you know i think one of the again one of the things that is used to shut down productive discussion about what's happening in Palestine is, well, how would you solve it? And like, if you don't have a ready-made solution, like, okay, well, how do you make the two state things work? Well, the Palestinians aren't going to, how do you agree on things? Like, okay, let's take all of that out of the equation. uh, equation. Let's stop the Israeli state from being an apartheid state. Let's like remove the legal restrictions on Palestinians, give them a right of return, at least equal to what uh, Jewish Israelis have. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a thing you can do. I don't know how to solve the whole problem. I don't know how to fix um, what is now three quarters of a century of um, yeah. uh, escalating violence and ethnic cleansing. But I know where it starts, and it's by not having apartheid legally codified in law. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, I mean, that there, that would be my suggestion. Yeah. And we know yeah. what hasn't worked. Stop yeah. apartheid. Stop the settlements and the occupation. It's a legal op- occupation, internationally mm-hmm. recognized as yeah. an illegal occupation. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, stop the illegal occupation. It, and again, it's one of those, you don't have to know how to fix the whole problem to fix some of the problems, to, right. to fix the most obvious problems. The most, right. The, yeah, that's the, not the, a the glare, The glaring problems. It's not a yeah. justification for allowing the atrocities to continue. Yeah. Well, that's often the game with stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? It's yeah. to sort of like, well, throw your hands up, though. Because you don't, you can't, you can't tell me step by step every single thing that should happen. So mm-hmm. throw your hands up and uh, consider the issue unsolvable and just let it continue. Yeah, and that's what the people who 
benefit from the situation as it currently stands once. It's the same reason why they will try to get people to stop talking about the issue if they don't have a complete and scholarly grasp of the entire history of the conflict at all the different sides is because the goal is the longer you delay any kind of productive discussion, the more people you kind of frighten or discourage from participating in the discussion or mm -hmm. from urging things one way or the other, the longer this all goes on and the more accomplished the ethnic cleansing becomes. Yeah. Um, it's called cancel culture. It's called cancel culture. And we hate it. We hate it, folks. I think this we could take... Did we solve break? It? You know what? I don't know if we solved it, but canceled. I think we could take an ad break. <laughs> you, you know what does know how to solve the crisis in Palestine? Lone Star beer? Is it Lone Star beer? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I'd be willing to bet you if you asked Lone Star beer's opinion on the situation in Palestine, it would get pretty racist and like comprehensively racist. Like mm -hmm. Lone Star right. beer definitely supports Israel, but in a way that's racist. Yeah, in a very yeah. like in a way that's yeah. very obviously racist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but we still yeah. would take their ad money. Um, I mean, I mean, oh, I bet Lone Star, bet Lone Star beer wants uh, Israel to exist for the rapture, right? Yeah, that's probably um, that seems like a Lone Star beer kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Lone Star beer invested a lot of money in trying to breed that special uh, uh, cow that they can sacrifice on the Temple Mount mm -hmm. um, in order to bring in the apocalypse. So. Buy their beer. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. We're back. Why are we? We're solving um, it. We've did it. We've done we've, it. It's we've happened. solved the crisis. Uh, we did what Jared couldn't. What did what did Jared Kushner do? He solved it. Like he put the consulate. He fixed, in... fixed the Middle East. Well, that was Trump, right? Trump was the guy whose call it was to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Um, yeah, but I guess move the embassy. Um, maybe it's Jared's yeah. idea. Who knows? He did win an uh, award. Jared, that doesn't that For doesn't me, seem least right. Fuckable man in America. Boom. <laughs> okay. Roasted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and that's but, what brought us. Peace are you saying you'd rather? So if you're saying you'd rather fuck Donald Trump than Jared? God damn it! There's no way to win this category. <laughs> or Donald Everybody. Trump Jr. Sorry. All right. All right. If I, all if right, I had right. to choose, or Eric between. Trump, he did not yeah. win. You, you have back. to admit. That Kushner is more fuckable than Donald Trump and Trump Jr. And that have you seen him in those shorts? That is Come not on. an invitation. No he is him. more fuckable than all of the Trump boys. Um, is which that is really? Is that really something to be happy about? You're the one that brought it up. <laughs> I so. know. I you know. gave him the award. I was if, just if, trying to be funny. It didn't work. If out. Gene Hackman, <laughs> like theoretically, if Gene Hackman mm -hmm. were to um, gas attack an entire Walmart and then strap the people in the Walmart with bombs and force me to have sex with either Jared Kushner, one of the Trump boys, or Donald Trump himself um, in order to save the denizens of that Walmart, I would pick Kushner. 
Like yeah. if that was the choice I had to make. Yeah, if that's the choice. That's objectively yeah. the right yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't right. enjoy it, and I would no. take my vengeance on Gene Hackman even yes. more readily than I'm already planning yeah. to take vengeance yeah. on Gene Hackman. Kushner All I was for just the trying pushner. to say, not a babe. <laughs> not a babe. Certainly no. Certainly not a babe. Not a single member of that administration um, even verged on fuckable. What about Nuchin? <laughs> oh, what about Mnuchin? <laughs> let's 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 be fair. Come on, especially Mnuchin, let's Cody. Be fair. Especially Mnuchin. Oh, I mean, God. we've all got was... our tastes, and my taste is Mnuch. The closest, the closest, him. the closest to fuckable in that in that administration was Mike Flynn, um, Ooh, because he well, because he's 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 out of his goddamn mind, and that's kind of hot sometimes. Mm. Um, you know? Yeah, you never yeah. know what he's gonna do. Yeah, that lunatic mm. sex. Oh yeah. boy, that that nobody honestly go, believes he's part Spicer? of nobody. Uh, no, no, no absolutely. <laughs> there, I, Spicer I, hangs out in the bushes. It's really, uh, it's really hard to be imagining all these people having sex right yeah. now. It's unwitting. I, I, was I don't just even trying think Spicer. The mood, guys. <laughs> like Sean Spicer isn't even a virgin because calling him a virgin would imply the possibility of him having sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, sorry for not ruining everybody's table. appetite. Mm-hmm. Carry yeah. on with your podcast. God, imagine like going to a party and it's sorry. one of those things where you've got to eat sushi off of somebody's body, but it, it's Sean Spicer. Oh my God. <gasps> oh, I know. Horrible. Horrible. Or like Stephen Miller. Oh. That was bad, Katie. That was bad. God. Yeah, I, I imagine the fish would spoil as soon as it touched Miller's body. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's oh, part yeah. of the problem here in Santa Monica. He walks in the ocean and all the fish rise to the mm-hmm. surface. That's, right. That's exactly Let's go back right. to the topic that yeah, we yes. got, went real far off. My bad. Um, okay, yeah, so Jared well, didn't solve it. We did. He, we did. Did we? No, absolutely not. No, uh, no one's. Um, no one no, has no, solved no. it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, as we record this um, in the occupied West Bank, Israeli forces killed four Palestinian protesters during demonstrations. Um, two Palestinians were killed during the general strike after they were shot in the chest and another protester died after being shot in the head. The Palestinian Red Crescent says its teams have treated more than 150 people in Jerusalem and the West Bank, including 35 with live bullet wounds and over 80 from tear gas inhalation. Um, the Palestinian Authority says that Israeli forces have killed 24 Palestinians in the West Bank since May 10th. Um, 26 Palestinians were shot by live ammunition dur- near an illegal Israeli sediment, uh, Bait El. Um, and of course, a lot of the violence is being done not just by by paramilitaries, you know? By paramilitaries, in at least one case, wearing fucking Punisher skull patches um, <laughs> and really kitted out like fucking Proud Boy types. Um because that's, I mean, there and there's a there's a huge amount of interchange between those communities, um, and uh, you're you're seeing these groups, these these paramilitary groups in Israel being allowed to do a lot of things that our own paramilitaries want to do, um, mm-hmm. but in the case of Israel, what they're doing, I mean, there have been some of these people have been arrested um, for shooting Palestinians, but not most of them, um, and it's uh, it's only going to get more extreme because that. I mean, for one thing, um, Israel has the most conservative young population in the Western world, like uh, incredibly strong right wing, basically a non-existent left wing, about 8% of the electorate. Um, And that's one of the things when I think about, like, how can this actually get fixed? International condemnation could, I think, matter, especially if it led to economic consequences Mm -hmm. and a lack, you know, a a cessation of weapons being sold to the state of Israel, that would have an influence. But at the end of the day, most of the Israeli population is broadly supportive of what's happening. Um, And I don't know how you fix that. Um, That's the thing that's scariest, is how comprehensive a lot of the Likud party, which is, you know, Netanyahu's party, the right party, how comprehensive they dominate a lot there. And it's not to wash away the the dissidents within Israel. In fact, there was just a big, this weekend, a march of, I don't know, it looked like 100 or so um, uh, Israeli anarchists marching against the violence in Gaza and the West Bank. And there absolutely is a peace movement within Israel, but they have been um, basically for 20 of the last 25 years um, been getting their asses kicked electorally. 
and I mm-hmm. I don't know how to um I don't know how to yeah. turn that shit around. I certainly don't. Mm-mm. I do. I mean, no, I don't. Um, I and mean, one of the problems is like the fact that you have to serve in the IDF, um, mm-hmm. which uh, inculcates a lot of people into that culture. Mm-hmm. And also, like I knew um, the first Israeli guy I ever like befriended, this dude named Yoni that I met in India, um, had just like wasn't sure if he was ever going to get to go back, if he was ever going to go back home because he had fled the country to travel around the world rather than join the IDF. Like he was. Um, that's enough you know, to keep it, you from being able to go back. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you would have he would have to serve a term in, in prison or something. Right. I don't actually know what wound, wound up happening to him. But we hung out for a few months, um, and it was one of those things. I I did not have a particularly strong political understanding, but the way mm-hmm. he framed it was just like I didn't want to do that. Uh, I didn't want to do the things that I would have to do if I was in the IDF. Um, and this would have been this would have been right around um, right after Operation Pillar of Defense. Um, and right before Operation Protective Edge. And so he was just kind of, um, you know, a, a, a dissident. But also because, you know, what it takes to be a dissident there, I think, is part of why um, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're giving up a lot to, uh, you know, not just in terms of, like, the fact that you'll have to do time in, in jail, but, like... Um, you're so marginalized again it's like eight percent of the electorate um and that's that's a lot to ask uh somebody to do most people don't have that kind of moral courage in any society um so i do like i have nothing but the greatest respect for those israeli anarchists marching against their government you know that that takes uh, a lot of bravery yeah Yeah. well Mm-hmm. Is that it for us today? <laughs> have we have we resolved it? We I don't have... know. We, we we should talk. We were going to talk a little bit about Gates, right? We could end this on on Gatesgate. A little bit of a, oh, on, a fun, on a fun note. Some on a some fun jokes, note. some fun japes. Note. Yeah, I mean, uh, we could also end with the joke that Biden told today about Israel and Palestine. That um, you mean you mean that that Trump shit he pulled earlier? Yeah, but it, yeah. I didn't see this. I've been. Uh, so this is from Matt Viser, Matt Viser, White House reporter for the Washington Post. So he tweeted this out earlier today. Biden's been at a Ford factory test driving their electric vehicles, right? Uh Um, So he's test driving. One of them was like an electric Ford F-150. As Biden was test driving a Ford F-150, reporters asked if they could inquire about Israel. No, you can't, he said via pooler (gasps) Alex Thompson. Not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. I'm only teasing, Biden said. Okay, here, we ready to go? Uh, Here we go. Ready? And then he floored it. Um, right so, yeah, through the crowd very, and over people. Very good, mm. very very fun, funny man. We love our funny president. We love, don't I, we, folks? We love our funny president. Sweet. Um, Biden, sweet guy. <laughs> it's just like the most progressive po- uh, president we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, he's certainly in. Also, I mean, in a lot of ways, he, he is the most progressive president cars. of my lifetime. But Can that's we not a, talked that? about this. On a, a, the other show, yes, he is, but also other things. Can what we were go, you saying, Sophie? I'm saying, why the what? What use is it that our president is test driving cars? I'm sorry. I mean, what use was it for Trump to get in that truck and scream like a big boy? Mm-hmm. Uh, so many questions. That was the only thing he did I liked because his his attitude is exactly what mine would be driving a similar car. I'm vroom, in a big vroom. car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of liked when he walked onto Air Force One with toilet paper dangling off his shoes. That was. I, really, that I was like I like when he stared at and pointed at a solar eclipse. Literally, yeah. when someone screamed, "Don't look at it." Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that, was, that was pretty good. I know you're right. Now that was our funny little president. Mm-hmm. I liked when he left. Yeah, that was good too. That's good too. Yeah. And, so and yeah, let's talk about Gates Gate, as which is different from the Bill Gates Gate, right? Different which, Gates, no, different yeah, Gates. We but, oh, well, but of both of them are uh, do probably involve sex with underage. Yeah, women. yeah, yeah. very here. similar here. Gates. Yeah. Um. So always yeah, the person you kind of might suspect. Looking I'm bad so, for our still, still in office Gates. Ooh. I mean, it's one of those things. A lot of like folks further on the left have been like saying this is part of the you know you have the kind of blue QAnon shit where people are expecting Trump to go to prison and mm-hmm. you know the, all of his his family and like this wave of arrests 
that are never going to come. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I think he'll probably continue to get sued. He may lose a bunch of money as a result of lawsuits. <clears throat> Nobody's putting him in prison. Nope. It's not going to happen. It sh- it should have happened, but it's not. Um, and people are lumping in what's happening with Gates to that. Like, oh, he's never going to actually get arrested. And I don't know that I agree with that. Um, um, yeah, I think that um, there seems to be quite a bit there. Um, yeah. And he the guy... absolutely f- might... Yeah. Like his buddy flipping on him, yeah, it seems pretty significant. Um, I don't know. Like that's yeah. yeah I, I I I get the you know obviously like most people don't face consequences. Uh, no, and I I get the desire to be like don't don't like don't have any hope that that will happen because. You probably, I mean, but it really does seem like he's in, he's in some trouble. It really does. Um, and he's just like, he's just like flying through it. He's just like posting. He's, he's like, it's like nothing's happening, but it really that's does seem like. blows my mind. Well, that's the move, right? That's yeah. the, the move that usually works. You post, you post through it. You don't, you don't, uh, you say, ah, the, the lying media. The big eye but, roll. But I don't know. Is your buddy lying too? <laughs> Are yeah. the, the Venmo receipts lying? Um, Venmo receipts don't lie, Cody. There true. seems to be, and I've you know, maybe it will, it'll wind up that he doesn't. They can't catch him on actually having sex with a minor. Maybe there's just not any way to prove that. But like, it definitely looks like he was trafficking women. Like he yeah. was paying yeah. for sex and transporting people across state lines to pay for sex, which on its own carries some time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that I think it should be illegal to do that, but it is. Um, and he and, would certainly uh, publicly yeah. say that it should be. Yeah. Um, wanting, you know, he rails against, uh, uh, you know, mandatory, like he wants mandatory drug tests for anyone getting welfare and things like that. Well, you're doing yeah. drugs, buddy. Yeah, he's definitely doing a bunch of coke and shit and ecstasy. Yeah, um, but it, like the stuff coming out has been fun because he sounds like um, all of the worst people I partied with when I was 20, but he's in his 40s and in yeah. Congress. Yeah. He's, in, he's in his 40s, right? Yeah. Kushner huh. or Gates. Yeah, Kushner. Kushner. Yeah, I think Kushner. it has to be. Kushner. Yeah. We'll get him a trophy that says most fuckable person in the least fuckable group of people ever mm-hmm. assembled. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice yeah. award. That seems yeah. that'll be that'll be good for Maybe him. we could do some sort of merch along those lines, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this sucks. World so sucks, but I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I, a... I have hope he'll go to jail. <laughs> I hope so. For ex- exchanging money for naughty favors, as he's he phrased it. Yeah, for naughty favors. It, naughty it definitely. Favors. That's just the uh, example of him not pretending to not take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is one of the few cases where it's like, eh, maybe, maybe he's not going to get through this. Yeah, um, I mean, he's he, doing he, all this America First stuff with Marjorie Taylor Greene, where it's like, yeah. okay, so like that's the only person who's like willing to like play. chill with you anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ew. I don't know all right. Just, we did well, that. Just ew. Uh, can we just end it on ew? Ew. Yeah. Ew. 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 Ew indeed. Ew to ethnic cleansing. Ew to yeah. Matt Gates. Ew to big, ew. Big thumbs to down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys are some big thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, yeah. listeners, y'all rock. Put that thumb up there. Oh, the listeners. <laughs> Get, yeah. Shove I mean, that I'm, thumb right on up. Yeah. Probably. Get that thumb in there. Wiggle it around. Broadly pro. Yeah, because it's so good. It's a thumbs up. What are you talking about? <laughs> and ew. I tried. Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 